Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Scott Knuckles with The Untold Story. Thank you for joining me. I hope today's message will drive you to a greater faith, a more lasting hope, and a deeper love for others and yourself. I'm reminded of the quote by Thomas Edison. He said, Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Let's get started with today's podcast. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been working on a podcast about pursuing our dreams. And I had a real change of heart. I was praying and I felt compelled to change the subject to Abraham Lincoln. He's my favorite president, but I, I had no idea what to focus on. There are so many facets to this man's life, his leadership, his presidency, the war, that I was praying and saying, Lord, if I'm to focus on this man, what is it that you want shared? I want to unpack this story because I believe that it is relevant today. There's so much we can learn from him. As I think about what's happening in our country today with the riots, the upheaval, the unrest that we're seeing, the sheer anger and hatred that we're seeing, it parallels in a small way what was happening before the Civil War began. See, people began to fight. Fight about what? Slavery and its place in our country. Neighbor going against neighbor brother going against brother, our country was literally beginning to split into north against south. That as the fabric of a country begins to come apart, it's true leadership that makes a difference. After spending time on this man, I truly believe that we have an obligation to stand for truth and justice. Abraham Lincoln did that magnificently, and he saved a nation in the process. Who knows what our role might be as we travel down this unseen, unknown road? The title of today's podcast is Failure an Option. Abraham Lincoln is often considered the greatest president in United States history. His fight to abolish slavery, leadership during the Civil War, and eloquence in sharing his vision and message transcends time. His speech at Gettysburg is widely considered the greatest speech ever given. You've no doubt heard the beginning of the Gettysburg speech at some point in your life. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Lincoln felt with every fiber of his being that slavery was immoral and had to be dealt with. Further, he stated that slavery violated the fundamental assertion of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
He believed that slavery went against the wishes of the founding fathers. For him, slavery was about what truly is right from wrong. This man, who would become the 16th president of the United States, can you imagine he was born in a one-room cabin with a dirt floor in Hardin County, Kentucky? His beginnings were quite humble and his family impoverished. Lincoln's father couldn't read. His mother died at the age of nine, and Lincoln never attended school more than six months in his life. As a young man, he was tall and lanky at six foot four inches. When he and his father moved to Illinois in 1831, a 21-year-old Lincoln would begin to make a name for himself. He delighted people with his wit, intelligence, strength, and integrity. He was also popular for defeating the town bully. I've read an article where there was this guy, Jack Armstrong, and he was the town guy to beat. And Abe Lincoln took him on. You know, the story goes that basically by the time they were done, Lincoln had him in the air and was shaking him like a little boy. He became, I wouldn't say a star then, but he was known for being a great guy. And in fact, the article says that that Jack, his, his gang was going to have their way with Abe. But Jack grabbed Abe's hand and shook it. And he said something to the effect that Abe Lincoln is the best fellow that ever broke into this settlement. He's going to be one of us, right? And from then on, it says that he and Jack Armstrong were good friends. All of this confidence pointed him in the direction of running for public office. And this is the time when he threw his hat into the ring to run for local office. Unfortunately, he lost. And what I found in my research is that he lost a whole lot more. He ran again for state legislature and was defeated coming in eighth out of a field of 13. After the defeat, he began to study and practice law, self-taught. He failed in business, and this is where you begin to see some of his behavior. When his partner died and the business failed, he took on all of his partner's debt, even though he didn't have to. He was defeated for the Illinois Speaker of the House defeated for nomination for Congress. He was elected to Congress and then lost renomination. rejected for land officer, defeated for nomination for vice president, and again defeated for U.S. Senate. Before becoming president, Abraham Lincoln was defeated for five political offices all in a row. You know, the story gets tougher for him, though, because he's married and he has four boys. Imagine being the father that has to bury two of his sons. Two of them died before coming of age. One son, Eddie, died of tuberculosis just before his fourth birthday. Willie died in the White House not long after Lincoln was elected president. And you can imagine, not long after Lincoln's death, Tad died at the age of 18 of heart failure. Three of his four sons died. 
When you read the stories about this man, you see that heartache is everywhere. President Lincoln would say upon seeing his dead son, Tad, My poor boy, he was too good for this earth. God has called him home. I know that he is much better off in heaven, but then we loved him so. It is hard, hard to have him die. The president buried his head in his hands as he made those remarks. See, what's interesting about this story of all of his boys, Tad was the most like him. Tad was most like his father. He loved him so very much. What you may not realize is that Lincoln's dream of becoming president was not only filled with sadness and times of extreme setback, Lincoln suffered from lifelong depression and had two major nervous breakdowns. This man, who went through so much, had to battle within himself to do things that we take for granted every single day. From all that Lincoln went through, you'd wonder how he was able to have any success at all. But he did. He was immensely proud of being named captain of the Illinois militia. He was appointed by the president as postmaster in his hometown. He won a seat in the state legislature in 1834 and won three more times. He was a congressman, and he was a successful lawyer and worked for a prestigious law firm. At the age of 27, people began to see something special about Lincoln. They began to see who he is. Do you know he was one of five out of 83 to oppose a resolution condemning abolitionists? To oppose a resolution condemning abolitionists, only five out of 83. In 1838, he responded to the death of the Illinois abolitionist and newspaper editor Eliza Lovejoy, who was killed while defending his printing presses from a mob of pro slavery citizens. Lincoln gave a speech about the dangers of citizens using violence instead of votes as a reason to have their way. Doesn't that sound eerily familiar? People today misguided in their belief that violence is more powerful than their right to vote for change. As one observes the young Lincoln, you begin to see that he is guided not by the prevailing political wind, but by his principles. When he was elected as Whig to Congress in 1846, he gained notoriety when he publicly lashed out against the president for the Mexican War. He called it immoral, pro-slavery, and a threat to the nation's Republican values. Lincoln considered the war as a ploy to expand slavery should the U.S. government acquire new territories as a result of a Mexican defeat. It was in 1856 that Lincoln joined the new Republican Party. Why? Because the party took a strong stand against slavery. After being out of politics for five years, he decided that he had to get involved. He could see the country was unraveling. It was moving in the wrong direction. And he knew that he wanted to be a part of the solution. He saw the splintering and factions 
of the pro-slavery politicians with their northern abolitionists and wanted to be a part of the solution. When you read about this man, one realizes that his goals were in the right place. He wanted to make a difference. He wanted to protect our fragile union and decided that he must do something about it. All of us have an opportunity to pick up on those cues in our lives, those areas where we get to stand up to what we know to be wrong. That's what we see Abraham Lincoln doing time and time again. We see so much today people doing right things for the wrong motives and wrong things for the wrong motives. They do it because of how it will impact them how it will impact their group. But the truth is, many of our great leaders, like Lincoln, made tough decisions based upon principle alone. My, how we need that from our politicians today. From 1832 to 1860, our famous president endured rejection, heartache, and suffered from debilitating depression, and yet is considered America's greatest president. How is that possible? How? Why did God choose Abraham Lincoln to be his vessel to save the United States, to put a dividing line in history about what is right and wrong? I can tell you the first thing I see from all the research I've done is that he was first called Honest. Honest Abe is what they gave him as a name. As a young man, we see that he makes great decisions. Whenever he realized he had shortchanged a customer, he would close the store, no matter how far the walk, and he would return the money, even if it was only pennies. Imagine that, closing the store to go return the money. Today, we struggle with politicians who will say anything. Lincoln was respected because he was considered an honest politician and lawyer by both sides of the aisle. Tell me where you can find that today. A person that's called an honest politician and a lawyer. We just don't see it often. It's out there, but we don't see it often. Let me ask you, I pondered this. How would you like to have honest in front of your name? Have you ever heard of anyone else being given that name? Honest Abe. You can be sure it was obvious to everyone for this man to have a title like that. It's incredible. Lincoln taught us that we must make the hard decisions when we are young and old, no matter the cost. If we do, history will be on our side. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about honesty. It's a building block. In Proverbs, it says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. What about 1 Peter chapter 3? For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. 
And finally, in Philippians, one of my favorite passages, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. When you look at the thread of this man's life through the years, you see these scriptures in action. The second thing I find about this man is that he loved truth, and he would not be persuaded to marginalize his principles for anyone. Listen to what he said. I'm not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I'm not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live by the light that I have. I must stand with anybody that stands right and stand with him while he is right and part with him when he goes wrong. Abraham Lincoln had a belief. He said, I think that slavery is wrong, morally, socially, and politically. I desire that it should be no further spread in these United States, and I should not object if it should be gradually terminated in the whole Union. Further, he said, whenever I hear anyone arguing for slavery, I feel a strong impulse to see it tried on him personally. That's an amazing quote. Try someone else's shoes on and see if you like them, right? The Bible says that in the last days, men won't adhere to sound doctrine. They will honor what is bad and condemn what is good. I can tell you what's most important for us, especially if you call yourself a Christian, is it always uphold truth. Honesty and truth go hand in hand. You're honest, you're honest with yourself. And when you're truthful, you realize that regardless of what I do, Scott Knuckles is going to mess up in life. I'm going to fail miserably here and there. We all do. It's about getting back up and marching toward the standard. But God is there when we admit our wrongs because we recognize them for what they are. But there is no mercy when we call what is wrong right. Third, he was a servant. He wanted to help, not for power, but to make a difference with his fellow man and his country. Abraham Lincoln had such a servant's heart that he met nearly every soldier in the early part of the war. He always kept the White House open to the public and he would entertain people constantly who disagreed with him. And his goal was to win them. He said, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. He said, I desire so to conduct the affairs of this administration, that if at the end I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left and that friend shall be down inside me. And finally, it's not my nature when I see a people borne down by the weight of their shackles, the oppression of tyranny, to make their life more better by heaping upon them greater burdens. But rather would I do all in my power to raise the yoke than to add anything that would tend to crush them. And lastly, He used love and persuasion versus coercion and hate. 
Despite having the power of the presidency, Lincoln didn't strong-arm people. He persuaded them. How'd he do that? He created a diverse cabinet of friends and foes. He made friends easily, which made it possible to have substantive conversations. Can you imagine today that family members can't even have a conversation because it turns negative and hateful? He didn't give orders. He gave requests. He said a drop of honey catches more flies than a gallon of gall. He was both generous and flexible. He encouraged Southerners to lay down their arms and join speedily in the reunion. Think about that. He didn't ostracize those in the South after they were defeated. He wanted them to join in the effort of healing the country. That's what it's about. He was gracious and merciful to his adversaries. Upholding his standard, yes, but applying grace and mercy, yes. This story is so powerful on multiple fronts. In one way, we see a truly amazing man that somehow treasured honesty, truth, servanthood, and love. On the other hand, we see a man that overcame insurmountable odds to become America's greatest president. I mean, think about this. He knew what it meant to lose time and time again. He knew what it meant to come up short, to take positions that weren't popular. And finally, maybe maybe the best was that God used a man that was so depressed that he had two breakdowns and suffered with depression his whole life. Those of you that are hearing this podcast that have suffered from depression, God uses you mightily because you can reach deep. You can feel deep and you understand the pain of that. And we see that God used a man that suffered from depression, not episodic, continuous depression throughout his life. In those days, he did what only he could do. He could get better. No, he got closer to his heavenly father. They said he carried around the Bible and a journal all the time. He stayed close to the father. He had his fair share of struggles in life, struggles with family, struggles with his health, and struggles as a president. Lincoln's dream of becoming a president was long and difficult. All of the heartache, the failure, the the setbacks, all were there for a purpose. Some of you have felt like you've gotten knocked down and defeated over and over again. This message should encourage you that if God can raise up a man who went through all of this heartache and agony to become the greatest living president, the greatest president ever, he can do whatever he wants in your life, regardless of what you've gone through. It's incredible. It is incredible. Lincoln understood what it meant to know Christ in the fellowship of his suffering. You know, Philippians 3, 7, when Paul says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all these things, 
loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. In our deepest struggles, the Bible says, when we decrease, he increases. Those struggles are meant to draw us closer to the Father. It's a point of recognition that God has all authority. My brothers and sisters, regardless of what we go through, we can't let anything keep us down. Would you not agree with me if there were ever a man who could stay down in the fight? It's Abraham Lincoln. But he didn't. Some of us want to see healing happen so quickly and right now and get it done. And guess what? I do too in my life. And we know God can do it. So we cry out to him to make it happen. But in Abe's case, it kept him on his knees. It kept him humble. And it kept him in close relationship with the Father. When he saw countless lives being killed because of the war, it was at those times that the only comfort he could experience was from a loving Heavenly Father. So what happened to Abraham Lincoln? In the final months of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was given a Bible by former slaves. Upon receiving it, he said, In regard to this great book, I have but to say, It is the best gift God has given to man. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. On April 14, 1865, on Good Friday, just five months after he was re-elected in an electoral landslide, and five days after the war ended, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Newly re-elected and only 56 years of age, Abraham Lincoln, the man who stood by his principles and strived to live his life in an honest and honorable way, was murdered by a Confederate spy. John Wilkes Booth. Lincoln's last words to his wife and several friends, We will visit the Holy Land and see those places hallowed by the footsteps of the Savior. Abraham Lincoln would meet the one that drove his decisions in life, the one who inspired him to take a stand against a grievous wrong perpetrated on a people that were forced from their land on a distant shore. We must never forget that we will suffer for this faith that we own, for our standards that we uphold. But it's okay, because we're not just fighting for here. We have another home, a home in glory that's indescribable, that this life we're living is but a vapor. It's temporary. We do what we're called to do. We serve where we're called to serve. And we move on to that next stage of our lives. In closing, Lincoln sits proudly on the penny and the $5 bill. 
One must wonder if he was placed on that modest coin due to his honesty. After all, he was willing to walk a mile to return a penny. You can also visit the Lincoln Memorial, which happens to be one of the most visited sites in America. A portrait carving of Lincoln appears with those of three other presidents on Mount Rushmore. President Barack Obama, our first African-American president, named Lincoln his favorite president and insisted on using Lincoln's Bible for his inaugural ceremonies. You can imagine how proud Abraham Lincoln would have been to see that. President Trump did likewise. This man left a legacy that covers the centuries and long after you and I are gone will still be celebrated. We must never forget that we don't always know why we are going through what we're going through. Don't let despair keep you down. It is part of the process to make us better. We need to rest in the comfort that God has a purpose for everything. For everything. In the case of our young nation, God's heart hurt, was pained for the country he birthed. It was unconscionable to him that this country would enslave other men after being delivered from bondage and persecution themselves. Those early settlers who showed up willingly on the New England shores of Plymouth Rock to live free and to worship as they pleased surely knew what freedom felt like. In Abraham, God found another Joseph to rise and bring deliverance for his people, as well as administer judgment, so healing could begin. What we need in this world and at this time are more honest Abes to rise up. Are failures and setbacks an option? Yes, they are. We don't seek it, but there is no doubt we will experience it. We can learn so much from our failures if we realize they are the building blocks to our future. Abe Lincoln turned failures and hardships into the greatest success story our country has ever known. He used that heartache, pain, and failure to lovingly steer our country through the Civil War and provided the steps to bring healing. What do we need today? An army of Abe's, guided by honesty, truth, servanthood, and love. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Would you take a moment and provide a rating, subscribe, and consider sharing this message of encouragement with others? You can also visit us on scottknuckles.com to get more information. Until next time, blessings.